हेलो एवरीवन वेलकम टू दी फोर्थ एपिसोड ऑफ लेट्स गेट अनकंफर्टेबल हियर वी हैव कॉन्वर्सेशंस अबाउट टॉपिक्स दैट डोंट रियली गेट मच इंपॉर्टेंस एंड वी शेड लाइट ऑन सम वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग फैक्ट्स दैट यू नीड टू नो दैट इट माइट मेक यू फील अनकंफर्टेबल बट यू आई मीन वी हैव टू फील दैट बिकॉज़ वी डोंट नो मेनी थिंग्स एंड वी आर अनअवेयर अबाउट सो मेनी थिंग्स ड्यूरिंग दिस लॉकडाउन इटसेल्फ लाइक द लॉकडाउन इटसेल्फ इज अ वेरी स्केप्टिकल पीरियड and today we are our topic is is the nature actually healing during lockdown or is it not and here we have with us mr yash kapadia now yash could you introduce yourself hi everyone uh, i am yash kapadia i am a marketing graduate but uh, i am also social activist and since april 2018 i have uh, been really active in projects like beach cleanups and river rejuvenations and uh, forest cleanups and yash has also been contributing significant significantly towards the cleaning of meethi river and they have several projects in national park as well sanjay gandhi national park that we'll get to know in the end of the podcast about his work and what his organizations also does and today we are here to discuss is the nature actually healing during lockdown yash one word answer it's actually complicated there's no one word answer to it <laughs> as i as i expected so here we are we are to like literally this period like i have seen many people posting i've seen many people rejoicing over the fact that nature is actually healing but i am like in first i also joined this bandwagon and even i was celebrating that no animals are coming back pollution levels have decreased there are less people i was rejoicing at the fact i could see less people on the roads so that i could cycle peacefully so yeah the first topic of discussion is like what have you noticed what was the most striking fact that nature is healing that struck to you like a positive note well start by uh, saying what everybody has seen uh, especially on social media and that is the return of uh, fauna and fauna uh, flora and fauna taking over uh, it is for example we had uh, flamingos in navi mumbai yeah the entire ocean was covered in a uh, in a big pink spot lot of lakhs of flamingos together uh, they migrated to navi mumbai then there were rhinos in nepal and assam they came to the national highways of assam and then there were dolphins in ganga river also on uh, mumbai ports i have an interesting fact regarding the mumbai one and even the assam one like you like as like d- when i was uh, doing my episode 2 with uh, uh, with my guest udipta uh, he was also mentioning about you know like because of the flooding kaziranga national that happened in kaziranga national park many animals started coming out and they went on the national highways but like i know it's a positive note that animals are coming out but many animals died due to accidents with cars right. so that was one of the adverse effects of animals going out and even the bombay one i actually pulled up a very interesting article like you know people like people went bizarre and people went bonkers when they saw the dolphin video in the mumbai coast the near our india gate and i want to point out that shonak modi he is the founder of coastal conservation foundation and a member of the marine life of mumbai he said the uh, this dolphin that the that video of the dolphin that went viral he already shot that he shot he actually captured that dolphin one month ago and he claims that you know it is not it's not a rare appearance of dolphin so like the indian ocean humpback dolphin which we saw the video of they are not a rare occurrence on our mumbai in our mumbai seas they are actually regularly seen but now we can see them clearly so he said that you know it's not an its appearance is not rare and researchers as well as enthusiasts some of whom who can see the dolphins from their homes have been documenting this marine creatures for years so like we are just we are just it's clear actually the we are clearly seeing it has always been there but we are actually due to lockdown and because the pollution and all of it has cleared we can actually see that you know the 
all of this is also present in our biodiversity and i would also like to point out that uh, have you seen the photos of sanjay gandhi national park during lockdown they have an instagram yes, page sanjay the national park is actually looking very beautiful i mean it's all greeny deers are roaming outside and monkeys are also roaming outside deers are chilling everywhere in national park and i have also seen birds chirping a lot like recently if you heard like i have observed birds are chirping more and if i will restrict uh, if you restrict public entry to national park i think uh, it can heal by itself yeah we don't even need to put any extra efforts yeah and i have even seen uh, that you know the himalayas are being clear like himalayas can be seen clearly from the northern part of india 90 90 cities in north india can see himalayas uh, from their homes we have heard people who could actually see himalayas from their own windows and that is due yeah. to the reduction in the air pollution levels yeah and as north northern india is very heavy in industri- industrialization and in factories like major of the factories and industries are in the northern part of our country and as you can see the lockdown has cut down all their operations you can also see that the smog or the pollutants they leave out have also have been slashed out due to which we can see the himalayas and plateaus it is not rocket science like i don't know why we are amazed like we are the reason that caused this in the first place like not seeing it and the next thing i want to talk about is people are actually appreciating nature a lot nowadays how can you notice like we were not so much focused on nature we were on and about our lives but as soon as this lockdown happened we have suddenly become visible to the nature around us so what are your thoughts about it and i would also like to ask or oh, like people started acknowledging that you know we were ignorant towards the environment they like took it took a fucking virus for us to make us feel that whereas it should be like in our it should be like a natural thought process in us that you know like we are not the only ones living here and it is also the other things that coexist with us so what is your thought about people finally acknowledging this issue this issue was uh, ignored by people since uh, a lot of centuries yeah since ages since a lot of centuries and that's what that's what is being continued throughout so that's what we are ta- taught and uh, no special uh, attention is given uh, to the environment and this has been the same all these years but if you talk about nature and if you try to think about it don't you think it's amazing how nature follows a fixed pattern for everything like it has the time for sunrise fixed time for sunsets then they it has the tidal schedules high tides and the low tides and then it's it's so amazing that we can also predict weather the only unpredictable thing to exist are human beings i must say yeah <laughs> so now next i want to move uh, to the myths related to coronavirus that you know we can see that there are several evidence that proves that nature is healing but we are also clouded by that by those same positive facts that you know there are some places there is also a gray area in this corona virus where we don't know what is happening behind as we know that nature is healing there are some places where nature is also suffering yes you heard that right its nature is healing but i don't think so it's just temporary healing for the nature but there are some things happening in the back of this lockdown and corona virus that is affecting nature in a bad way so yes would you like to start this conversation this topic what what is the most significant what is what was the most shocking thing that you found that nature is not healing during corona virus a fact i think the my main focus uh, in the last couple of years has been plastic pollution and uh, that is something which has multiplied with the lockdown there's been a lot of uh, unrecycled waste all over the country or all over the world that's safe to say so because of the lockdown government could not uh, follow proper waste management systems and could not take care of uh, segregation and the process of uh, 
collecting and disposal of waste so there's been a lot of waste accumulated in places where we would not like it to be seen and so that's another another point i want to point out that many people don't know that because of lockdown the bmc was not majorly working during the first half of uh, during the first half mainly the period of april may and first half of june like because of bmc not working there was no proper collection of garbage and waste plus there was no uh, you know timely treatment of the sewage systems in in bombay due to which there were a lot of water cutage in my in my apartment as well and in a lot of apartments people didn't actually notice that you know like because of this our sewage system is being affected because waste is accumulated time and time and we act, our my apartment actually had to hire uh, some extra people to clear out the waste in the sewage so that is one of the facts that you know shocked me that you know we ignored that you know the sewage system might get affected because of bmc workers not working So yeah, yeah, sure. There are a lot of uh, there are a lot of routine actions that takes place before the monsoon taken by the BMC. One of them, as you mentioned, is the cleaning of sewage systems or the smooth passing of rainwater. Another one is trimming of trees, which is really important because in a city like Mumbai, monsoon can really get very rough, and a lot of tree felling takes place. And it's necessary that the the huge ones need to be trimmed. before the season starts you know so even that did not happen as a result of which uh, there, there has been a lot of tree felling as well around the city there has also been uh, like some news i have found that you know as pollution has been decreased by 17% the global co2 levels have decreased by 17% like I, i read an article from the washington post that indicates that you know the emission of co2 has actually crossed the average recently like in the mid of may it was greater than 417 417 parts per million which was compared to last year it was 414.7 so it indicates that the co2 levels are increasing again and it it is also indicating that the human like lack of human activity had actually cut off the co2 levels but Uh, the co the rise in co2 levels not only depends upon human activity but there are several processes in our atmosphere and in our nature that also contributes to the value of co2 levels and this and this is happening because like you know like the the accumulation of greenhouse gases this is due to that as we are spending more time at home we are using more electronics we are using more of our uh, heavy greenhouse gas like we are using the our heavy appliances like you know people have started going back to the passion like baking and you know they are doing a lot of activities and while doing this we are slightly unaware that we are actually gradually uh, adding to the addition of co greenhouse gases because of staying home more and using our electronics and the appliances like the oven fridge and everything it's actually adding greenhouse gases gradually it's minimal but it's actually adding to the co2 levels and it just shows that you know not we have to do much more than cutting human activity there is a lot to be done like not only like not only putting everyone on lockdown is not enough to you know actually reduce the co2 levels so what is your opinion about this do you think like do you justify that co2 levels are rising because of this of course it is i'll go to the specification uh so electronic appliances like uh, microwaves refrigerators and also air conditioners are uh, contributors to co2 and other harmful gases the other point that uh, most of us do not realize is milk and meat are also contributors to carbon dioxide and carbon footprint carbon emissions whatever all of it it's harmful for the environment so all of these we saw rise during the lockdown and has contributed to the increase in the total level so yeah yes after you know discussing about you know how we have realized that we have been ignorant towards this towards our nature i would like to discuss the adverse effects of lockdown on nature what according to you like many people might know the positive effects but 
we also don't know the negative effects which are there and we are been clouded to it because we are seeing so much so much of positivity around this topic so yeah how would you like to start it to start i i'll mention how we were praising the decrease in air pollution rates but what people don't know is what happened in the second phase of lockdown when everything started resuming again industries were back the transportation was back into the roads and again we saw the same or maybe more levels of carbon dioxide being emitted to the atmosphere for example if we consider the uh, government scheme of having just uh, 1% on a two two wheeler vehicle what happened there was the ones who were car car pooling before have now started to take out their own vehicles and that's the reason why we saw a lot of traffic on mumbai roads another reason is local trains being shut down a lot of people have to use their private vehicles to reach their workplaces this was an other contributor to the air pollution now the next i like to come is i i want to point out to the agriculture there has been a ma massive cut in agriculture and that's because the demand has uh, drastically increased what happened is the prices went up if you consider vegetables like potatoes onions and tomatoes you know it's it's really expensive if you compare it to the last year prices then there the other problem related to food is overfishing overfishing has been a constant problem but however because of the lockdown we have we can see there's even more rise to the levels of overfishing done and as a result of which the prices of uh, meat has also increased just because people cannot afford it they want to go for seafood and it was a very interesting point that you noted that you know like uh, because of the ban of a number of people are traveling in vehicles there was a lot of usage of private vehicles which actually contributed to the pollution level and i think most of us were unaware about this and even we didn't notice one thing that you know fuel prices have hiked and that is also it can be a reason that will all lead to more pollution in this lockdown because as people have as you said have been spending more time with their private vehicles fuel usages would be high which will in turn increase the demand for fuel which will in turn uh, you know affect the industrialists who are in the energy sector of resuming their projects on a bigger scale and with that i would like to point out that suspension of flights as we were discussing about private vehicles i would like to come to the fact that is suspension of flights been contributing towards pollution or not i i mean logically it's not contributing but flights are resuming slowly national flights as my two of my friends have taken national flights to go to their native places so what is your thought about the suspension of flights suspension of flights has been a positive factor for environment as far as uh, the lockdown period is considered because uh, flights have are the means of transport that emit the highest uh, number of carbon footprints obviously when there are lesser number of flights especially from india side a country so huge where there are endless flights every day i think it's been really positive for the environment and even the government plastic ban scheme which is a really interesting point what do you have for this like you are very i can talk about this uh, all day actually this is a very uh, i'm really passionate about this topic i really get emotional but i'll start by mentioning the types of waste that we have it's recyclable waste or non recyclable recyclable waste now whatever our our kitchen waste is obviously it's recycled but we don't do that here a lot and i'll start by talking about the unrecyclable waste what happened with that is uh, because the buying capacity of people reduced during lockdown people started going for smaller packaging of all goods you know from food 
to cosmetics to shampoos everything and everything comes packed in plastic because the buying capacity goes down the number of packages increases the number of waste increases and because of the lockdown it was not treated well now even the organic waste which is our kitchen waste needs to be treated otherwise when it's uh, breaking down it releases methane into the atmosphere and raw methane gas is harmful to the atmosphere if i go to the science when methane gas is burned with oxygen when combustion takes place that's when it can be used as a fuel but if methane is released as a raw gas then it's harmful it's another greenhouse gas for the atmosphere and plus as we were discussing that you know like as you said the the amount of greenhouse gases produced is likely to be higher during lockdown i would also like to point that you know many people like because we are staying home as we talked about it earlier we are spending more time with our electronic appliances heavy duty electronics such as oven like and microwaves and fridges so which is also actually contributing more towards the addition of greenhouse gases from its decision a uh, lot of stupid decisions have been made by the government illogical decisions uh, during the lockdown which has you know contributed towards felling of forests they have given several forest clearances approval because as lockdown as government thinks that it's the right time to continue with our industries and business it has also given them the opportunity to green light some projects as because we because projects building industries and building industries and factories in cities is expensive government is moving on towards the non developed areas like forests and a lot of natural biodiversity so i have actually had there is actually been forest clearances given in assam and in arunachal pradesh for you know continuing the building of industries like one is like the national board of wildlife approved a coal mining project inside an elephant reserve in assam it's called the dehing patkai elephant reserve and the amount of forests that are going to be felled for it is 768 hectares which is also next to another wildlife sanctuary in uttarakhand called binong wildlife sanctuary and there it is being done for a lakhwar vyasi dam project on the yamuna river and also adding to this several permissions have been given for the building of national highways transmissions and railway lines which are passing through the national park and tiger corridors and even sanctuaries and ritwik datta is an environmental lawyer he said that if there is anything that the species inhabiting in india's protected areas need to fear it's the members of the nwal which is the national board of wildlife mean i mean there are board for wildlife and they are doing the opposite of protecting wildlife so what do you have to say about this the total of 15 projects were cleared by the government's uh, forest board and uh, you just spoke about the north india i'll highlight the other parts of the country we go down south in telangana there's a tiger reserve and they are planning to have a uranium survey over there it it not only takes a lot of uh, forest area but activities like these are also harmful for the animals there because uranium uh, i would also sorry uh, to interrupt but uh, like as you said uranium mining is also uranium is a very radioactive material as we all know it's used in nuclear projects and doing a project with uranium is, is actually going to pose a much larger danger of getting uh, of creating radioactive pollution which is actually harmful for the nearby forests and the biodiversity yeah you wanted to continue so as i mentioned it's a tiger reserve and uh, india is a country who has been boasting about the number of tigers that we have but having such a project is really uh, going to have adverse effects on the number of tigers we have especially when 60% of the total tigers we have are below the age of 1 they are really young and they can really get uh, affected by projects like these when these types of chemicals are involved and i would also like to point out that uh, this month a subcommittee of the fac recommended fac is the forest advisory committee 
and uh, it has also approved a project in arunachal pradesh which is a hydropower project hydropower project it's called italian with an e in dibang river basin in arunachal pradesh and it will contribute to 1150 hectares of forest being cleared for it which also are a hotspot for a lot of rich biodiversity we are talking about clouded leopard clouded leopards snow leopards and tigers that live here in this area and which are going to which is actually going to be felled because of this uh, hydropower project and rare flora and fauna also inhibited these forested areas which is also going to be destroyed and in 2010 the ministry itself had declared now i am talking about the forest advisory committee they declared that these areas are an inviolate area which means that no activity that contributes harm towards the biodiversity is allowed here and they themselves have you know uh, approved a dam project uh, which is going to be a venture between arunachal government and jindal energy so yeah what would you like to add towards this many animals like uh, rhinoceros and uh, tigers which are uh, you know they are in huge numbers in northeastern india are going to be affected and other than that you mentioned snow leopards now these are those rare species of animals whose count is less than 3 digits you know the total count is 60 or 70 so they are really reaching the brink of extinction so now what these projects are doing is further tampering with their numbers and it is also tampering with the natural geological structure as as i mentioned the italian hydropower project it's actually uh, it has major risks because and it which is ignored which is being ignored because the mountains and valleys of the dibang basin are on top of a seismically active zone and if certain activities like building industries happens there it will leave the structure of the mountains and the mount uh, basically the mountain ranges it will leave its foundation weak and which will also lead to more landslides it can also cause uh, it is also cause melting of glaciers and it is also uh, expected to cost a lot and it's also uh, what do you say earthquakes can also be a cause of this uh, dams being made in this because the basin is in a very uh, in what do you say it? it's in a very intricate spot it has a mountain range atop of it and which is also and which will also be a reason that assam can face more floods the intensity of floods in the coming years if this project it gets made and it gets completed and i also like to point out that uh, our environment minister prakash jawadkar tweeted that these projects will promote tourism infrastructure employment and growth and i think he is uh, in very blind to the fact that you know it is at, actually at the cost of our nature and our environment and our forests so what do you have to say about this what indian politics is not realizing at this moment is uh, nature is the biggest tourism factor that a country can have and not building monuments or statues or i i personally do not have any issue with maharashtra uh, government building a shivaji statue but the same can be invested you know, for the betterment of national park i think yeah. that's when the real tourism comes into picture people are more interested to uh, experience things like these rather than going and watching you know big uh, infrastructure projects yeah and uh, i am even uh, you know i'm feeling very shameful at the fact that you know our environment minister union environment minister prakash jawadkar is tweeting such an obscure fact that it is actually being done for the betterment and uh, there is also 91 291 social activists have written a letter to him saying that uh, you know please take back the decision of the 15 forest clearance projects that you have given but then no action has been taken and apart from being the union environment minister he is also in charge of climate change 
now we have the cabinet ministry that cannot uh, that doesn't even accept that something like climate change exists and we we need to beat a lot of social stigmas before reaching that point of time when we realize that climate change actually exists it will take a lot of time for us indians to realize that and there's also something that we are uh, quite unaware of is because of uh, many countries are uh, you know untying their relations with china they don't want to be affiliated with china anymore they are cutting off their business deals they are setting up their they are uh, you know getting done with their operations there and they want to focus on other areas and india is likely to be a hot spot and it it will be a major attraction of investments now as now i know this is a very good it's very good for our economy but we are also blind to the fact that it can lead to more of forest felling because as you said earlier that you know building projects in cities is quite expensive we actually have to look at these forested areas around outside of cities and if we attract more investment it's going to be a much dangerous game for us because it will actually lead to more forest felling building of such projects so i i don't know if the government is actually you know aware of this fact or because it's logic and so i'm really afraid and i'm really feeling uncomfortable that you know like like we want to improve our economy but the improvement of economy is coming at the cost of our environment so i i really have some conversations with myself when i'm thinking that, you know like in improving indian economy is one of the major objectives of our government but there is also a catch that you know our environment is going to get affected because of it like it's it's like a balance like you have to destroy something in order to create something so that's why i'm all every time when i just think about this i'm actually in a fight within myself you know is this actually good but it's actually also bad also do you also have such thoughts and what's your take on this whenever we have come across similar crossroads between economy and environment what we have done is we have always compromised and we chose economy over environment that's the reason why you see all these all these events happening in the world from natural events to the man made events happening in the world like recently if i have to point out what happened in lebanon days ago even that was uh, devastating for the human beings but at the same time that amount of uh, harmful chemicals being exposed to the atmosphere just think of it it's ammonium nitrate it's it's deadly it's dangerous and uh, now i would like to move on towards a, a very sensitive uh, topic that you know lockdown has caused a lot of us to stay at our homes but it has also given opportunity for the poachers to take chance and i have actually we have a confirmed report that has been uh, you know given by the kaziranga national park in assam that a one horned rhinoceros has been killed and it was it uh, it was found near a river basin in the national park itself and the park's director p sivakumar he confirmed that you know we found ak47 cartridges and rifle shells near the dead body of this rhinoceros which confirms that it's actually a poaching case and not only one horned rhinoceroses but also many animals like elephants and bears are be, are in danger right now because of poachers so what do you have to say about this since the lockdown period began a total of 88 animals have been poached which is uh, which is more than 35 uh, which was before the lockdown period what happened before the lockdown is 35 animals died due to poaching but within these this span of time within these months 88 animals were poached and out of which nine were leopards the highest number of poached animals were leopards nine of them and other animals are deers monkeys and as you said rhinoceros and uh, pangolins rhinos squirrels so these were all the animals which were poached were poached and only 22% of them were for the purpose of meat and for food so the rest of it was actually exporting their body parts to yeah. the foreign markets when the demand is quite high 
and i even have a, a i read a news article recently that in april during the lockdown more than five attempts to slaughter rare creatures were stopped by a park rangers and a special rhino protection force was set up for this in the lockdown by the state government because of this and the one horned rhinoceros used to be very widespread in this region but this hunting this recent hunting and poaching events have slashed their numbers and it's also causing a much much more damage because it's affecting our biodiversity and i would also like to point out that you know uh, several uh, several other animals like the nilgai deer and the elephant and bear and bears are also being poached okay so moving on from poaching there is also a very special type of pollution that has risen during lockdown like many people know about many people are unaware about it actually it's called mask pollution like the same masks that we wear on our faces to protect ourselves are being thrown in the open on the streets and on our beach and on our beaches and like i've seen like pictures of several masks in dumps on our beaches like a pile of masks on our beaches and it is also going to adversely affect like we strongly like before this lockdown i have seen many projects that have been contributed towards beach cleaning intensely but in lockdown we are going back to the same stupid habit of you know not uh, disposing of these materials in a good way so what do you have to say about this recent uh, different pandemic of mask pollution this is a type of pollution that no one of us saw it coming it's really a new concept but because mask are necessary it's uh, important that all of us use one but at the same time it's also important that we use it in a very uh, sustainable manner so what happens is with the growth of demand of mask uh, the companies are coming out with the cheaper generic qualities as well and especially doctors they are following the government guidelines according to which with every patient they uh, test they will have to use a different kit for it so a lot of medical waste is being disposed and not in a systematic manner and that goes into the wrong place but mass pollution has been trouble and uh, we see it on roads and on beaches i don't know how long this is going to continue but we will keep coming across such events where so we'll see masks ending up in the wrong place and i have also found out that a delhi based environmentalist called rakesh khatri is the founder and director of eco roots foundation he said that the masks that we dispose of very uh, easily on our roads and in the open and on our beaches as well it must be destroyed or disposed properly after use by washing them in an antiseptic liquid and putting them in a bag it is this process should last for 72 hours and rather than dumping them alongside the other garbage on the road it shouldn't be done because during this pandemic where as we have a limited scope of testing there is also that these masks can actually increase the number of cases because as when we use these masks we our mouth or the contact with our mouth and all the germs inside it is also left on the mask when we throw it out and when we throw it out there is also cases of you know like we can come in contact with these masks and uh, you know we can get affected or we can be, we can be converted into an asymptomatic patient according to him if we do not properly dispose of these masks like we can come in contact with them in the open these open areas and we can actually get uh, we can actually get uh, this virus in an asymptomatic form because of not proper disposal and he's also seen many covid-19 officers throwing the masks after their usage but a positive thing that i found out that you know many researchers and scientists are finding solutions to dispose of these masks so they have actually uh, we have a doctor delhi based professor called joginder singh who is the head of research department at gateway education he has spent that time in his research lab and he has created range of low cost devices such as an automatic sanitizer dispenser 
automatic sanitizing panels, automatic food sanitizing machine, which are helping us in proper disposal and proper treatment of masks so that, you know, we can, uh, and they have been heavily distributed in police stations and government offices and in hospitals where the usage of masks is very large. So they have distributed these machines and in these places so that, you know, we can actually properly dispose these uh, masks off in a very sustainable way. And uh, what do you have to say about this? Like, you know, there is also a negative impact of mask pollution, but these technologies that have been created by our fellow Indians is also showing a positive thing that, you know, they are helping towards reducing this mask pollution. I I want I want the same level of dedication towards uh, you know reducing plastic pollution. I don't know why. Is it like shocking to you or like ironic? Yes, there's, there's a lot of difference between coming out of the solution, coming out with the solution and actually doing something about it. Now with the growth of technology we have solutions for 95% of plastic waste. But again, the big question is, is the plastic really being recycled? Now again, consider the same uh, concept to the mask pollution. Even if uh, Delhi-based scientists have come up with uh, mask disposable systems, are we really going to follow that? And that's where the problem really arises. Even if the solution is right in front of you, people are not ready to accept it. And other... Uh, the case study that I came across is that because masks have nowadays become a compulsion, you know, everybody has to wear it and uh, nobody is excluded from that. Even the lowest of the low are uh, advised to wear the mask, especially those people who cannot afford masks. What they do is they try to uh, you know, get hold of the discarded ones and imagine how dangerous they are. They go uh, outside of the hospitals and they try to grab the used masks which were disposed by the doctors. And I would also like to point out that, you know, like the machines that are created is actually for the hospitals and other areas and it's being set up for a large scale distribution as well. But a Delhi based environmentalist called Mridul Bhatia he suggests that the local authorities like BMC should take extra and special care while collecting waste and segregating waste, which is not happening currently. He says that, you know, we must come with a procedure where residents after carefully putting their used masks and gloves in a bag and keeping it for three days, dump it in a common garbage can. So these masks are actually biomedical waste. If we are to be like, this is a proven, this is a very important fact that our masks are actually a biomedical waste and they cannot go in the same garbage can as our normal waste goes in so as we should also take note that you know as we as citizens should dispose of our masks in a separate bag and keep our garbage common garbage in the separate bag so i think we need to be careful now i don't think many of us are aware but you know we should separate our masks throw them in a different uh, bag and our common garbage in another bag and you know uh, treat it but the BMC in spite like local bodies have th- are throwing these masks in some common garbage can which are not suitable for biomedical waste and it can actually uh, you know and this biomedical waste is going to go into the river is going to be disposed of in the river eventually which will cause much more harm to the ocean and the aquatic biodiversity so i think as a responsible citizen we can do this from our home as well uh, separate them and uh, segregate them in different bags but it actually falls down to the local bodies who are actually disposing it off so what do you what do you have to say about this even if we take care of those type of waste at the end it's going to end up in a same landfill or a same uh, you know wherever it's it's being disposed even i try to uh, have uh, waste segregation in my own society but then when we had two separate garbages at the end, we saw everything going to the same place. So all the efforts, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it goes down the drain. I think one solution to the mass pollution is we can look at it just like we look at syringes. Uh, now the process followed for the used syringe is that it's being disposed separately, even separately than the other medical equipments. So, the virus going on, I think we should really be careful with the mask and gloves. 
and a similar pattern should be followed like we do for those injections okay and moving on towards the last part of our discussion i would like to ask you a question that do you think what lifestyle we are going through we can see pollution reduction in pollution and co2 levels do you think this is temporary now the effects of uh, corona virus is something we will see for the next few years be it economically or be it otherwise but i think this is the point of time when we really need some introspection that what we are doing is not right and if you ask me the question are we ever going to go back to normal i think going back to normal is uh, a wrong move because our normal was not really correct you know our normal our normal was not so normal for the environment yes, right right so actually we should not be going to normal but we should be following a new course of action and you know really considering the environment situations right now like if if you see it from another perspective indians really complain about uh, having uh, you know rise in uh, summer temperatures and experiences hmm, yeah. because every year it keeps on getting worse this is probably the coolest summer the next one is going to be hotter and same goes with the monsoon we complain about monsoon getting heavy rainfall and in over abundance but this is probably the driest monsoon we are experiencing and in future maybe we'll come across more cyclones and more floods and according to me like if i i think this is temporary because you know the amount of desperation and havas i've seen in people wanting to go out more i think it's going to be temporary because you know as soon as the conditions start to get a little better it's going to go normal i'm not being optimistic at all because i'm i know i don't even see i don't even see much difference happening during lockdown people are going out people are meeting other people so people i don't really see people are chilling literally people are yeah, chilling people are chilling they really had to make no sacrifices the only change is they are supposed to wear a mask other than that i don't think there's any change in their lifestyles everything seems to be normal and so normal know, is not right as we spoke yeah and as you like you know i be, and because i like i truly believe this is temporary because everything going to go back normal after conditions are better and as you know you know like as we saw that 17% decline was there in the global co2 levels i think we have all read that but several reports from uh, like un and the washington post have uh, assumed that this is just a temporary decrease and as soon as things go back to normal the we forget about the 17% entirely because you know industries and businesses are going to work as usual without us you know being aware about it because you know due due to this lockdown many people and men like a government is uh, focused on maintaining public health care improving its quality but it is also caused uh, you know like we are being blind towards climate change now and we are in such a desperation to start again like to start normally again that i think this is of no use like even a virus is, can't stop the problem, is, the problem is unawareness uh, majority of indians don't really know what climate change is uh, the best we know is what global warming is but these are interrelated concepts so the global warming is uh, definitely the rise in uh the atmosphere temperature which in turns gives rise to climate change right so every year you see a growth of uh, 0.2 degrees celsius the global temperature yeah since the 1880s if you ask me which was the hottest year it was 1996 but suppose you are in 2005 and you ask me the same question again i'll give you the same answer yes it was 1996 but suppose you ask me the same question in 2006 this time the answer is 2005 do you know what happened after 2005 is that every year the global temperature kept on increasing if you now ask me which was the hottest recorded year it was 2019 if you ask me the same question again next year it's going to be 2020 and i've also read that we have actually crossed uh, you know the un peace agreement 
like according to paris it, agreement yes yeah sorry you know, the paris agreement they actually yes. crossed our 2030 standards and uh, just one year before it was announced that they actually crossed our 2030 standards and we have actually forgotten about like climate change is taking a back seat in coronavirus and i think that you know uh, we ourselves and the government like i don't have anything against them because i don't want to get killed or get in getting threatening messages on social media but i want you know i like if there's any way that i could you know tell them like you know i i tweet numerous things i share numerous things but i hope that the government actually thinks about this issue very deeply and you know like thinks consciously that you know like improving our economy has a cost and you know they look towards solutions that could uh, you know favor in both i know it's difficult but we can try like we all can try a little and you know every everybody everybody wants to change everybody wants a change but nobody wants to change that's what we say and we are waiting for government to you know come up with something and do something about the environment issues when actually we can do something about it we can make a start and now what i am doing is not something really great what i am trying to do is being eco neutral you know what that means is i'm not being in a polluter side i'm tr- i'm just trying to be neutral and that's a lot that we can do for the environment right now but don't be a polluter but at least try to be neutral okay and a uh, good point that you mentioned i would also like to talk about our indian festivals now like we are approaching the festive season we have the ganesh chaturthi plus we have diwali and all other festivals lined up like navratri also is coming like men, like it's a record that you know these festivals contribute largest towards pollution like in ganesh chaturthi beaches are fucked oceans are fucked all the anything related to water is fucked during ganesh chaturthi and there is also a case during diwali air pollution and noise pollution diwali is aware it's like a common fact everybody knows and nobody is actually doing something i like every year i see people boasting the same crackers boasting doing the same things which is actually contributing they people really get people really get offended when you try to point out these uh, problems you know because it's related to indian mythology and everybody is really emotional about it Diwali is celebrated to mark the return of Lord Ram back to Ayodhya, but I don't see a point of bursting crackers for it. Yeah, like diyas, they they like the people, his people were lighting diyas for him. I don't know why is the need for crackers. I mean, Lord Ram himself would be pissed if he you know burst crackers. And I would also like to point out that you know like during Navratri also. there is a lot of plastic pollution that is happening a lot of garbage that is being created during navratri and all these all of this festival a festival season is basically like a hub for pollution so what do you like do you think that uh, after this lockdown like or during this lockdown our festivals are going to be celebrated in the same manner because you know our desperation and havas for our religion and god is much more now i think it's it's going to be celebrated in a better way and and in the better way i mean it's it's going to be even dangerous for the environment like if you consider the upcoming grand festival ganesh chaturthi what happens is when you immerse those idols into the water most of the idols are made of uh, pop plaster of paris because the eco friendly ones are expensive and these pop idols have mercury lead and uh, cadmium in it which uh, increases the acidity of the water also elements like you know they also have phosphorus which is really time consuming to dissolve in water and then you know the marine life gets affected and it's uh, accompanied by the ornaments that uh, that are uh, given to those idols for example there's thermocol there's plastic flowers and all kind of campers So it's it's very wasteful. All those festivals that we have is really wasteful. But do you think like this time it's going to be celebrated in a much more uh, eco-friendly way or not? Our festive season. 
I think people are going to use uh, lockdown as their alibi, and they are going to cross all lines to celebrate it. If if things get better till till Navratri or till Ganesh Chaturthi arrives, I think people are going to make more destruction than what we see every year. Also for Diwali, because this time they have more reasons to celebrate. Oh yeah. End of lockdown is an accomplishment for everybody. I actually have a optimistic answer here. I think that you know festivals are going to be celebrated in an eco-friendly, not in not in entirely an eco-friendly festival, but I think like a major portion of our people will actually celebrate it consciously because I think the lockdown has shown them something, the adverse effects, and you know the like they are like the thing about how they have been ignorant towards our environment. i think it is going like it will affect a portion of our population to not celebrate in the same way i, I agree to it and if people really uh, think about it and consider why those festivals are celebrated you know understand its history and cut down those uh, elements which are uh, which are which has adverse effects on the environment as we discussed firecrackers are not necessary to celebrate diwali and again sankrant mein kite flying is not necessary which is harmful for the birds again holi mein you can use uh, eco friendly colors and again in ganesh chaturthi you can use uh, eco friendly idols so if you think about it indian festivals can save uh, itself from a lot of uh, creation of pollution but if we talk about foreign festivals now even they have their own rituals and even if uh, united nation have tried to intervene they have not been successful if we talk about denmark's whale killing festival but what there's a festival like a whale killing festival yes, whale killing festival what they do is a group of people they go in into the oceans uh, and try to provoke the whales to come to the shores and then there's an other group of people waiting there with axes and other forms of weapons and there's a massacre of whales every year i would you know as you brought up this whale killing festival i would like to point out that denmark which is a scandinavian country it is ranked number 2 in the happiness index and i think like this is the way of happiness this is yeah. the way of happiness for them if this is their way killing whales makes them happy so i am really <laughs> contradicting like i literally have contradictory thoughts that you know and and the and the same is with indians bursting firecrackers make them happy even if it's so nonsensical it does make them happy and happiness is over uh, environmental problems here also you see china has those lanterns festival even do that in sankrant but the ones happening in china it's uh, it's crazy on a larger scale Yes, and those amount of uh, lanterns. Just think of it. One of it lands in uh, one of their forests, and then we have similar scene like Australian bushfires and Amazon fires. Okay, so I would like to end our discussion and thank you, Yash, for enlightening us with uh, with a huge number of facts about. Uh, our environment which is actually also taking a negative turn during the, during this lockdown i would like to say to everyone is that you know i know you can see the nature healing itself but there are several actions that are happening behind this positivity that is actually going to affect it much at in a much badder way and in a much worse way like we spoke about these infrastructural projects that are being green lit in and i also want to you know also want you to talk about this uh, ra problem that happened last year you wanted to point that out to me so would you like to say something about it was a very uh, controversial problem uh, whereas the government is trying to explain that uh, how metro is necessary for a city like mumbai to reduce the traffic the people are opposing that having a metro yard in ra was not necessary ra colony is a uh, Home for uh, numerous amount of deers and monkeys. We have snatched their home for our uh, selfish means. Our colony is like lungs of Mumbai. Our colony and national park. 
we cannot uh, afford to mess with these areas especially a country like mumbai it, it is depended on these zones i would also uh, like you know this are discussing like another ball game so i would not like to discuss more about this but like i would like to tell everyone that you know like to like not be aware about the things that are also going on at the back of our uh, positivity the season i know this there is some positivity during corona virus but there are something happening that are also going to affect nature and uh, i would like to just say that you know let's be aware about this and let's you know share our message be vocal about it like through social media through discussing with our friends and families and everyone and yeah let's just be aware and spread the word around and you know be read more like you know i found about these green lit in infrastructural projects one hour before this uh, episode that we were doing so it's really like you know even i was shocked that i did not find this news and i do not know major majority of a population do not know that this is happening so what are your final words regarding you know is the nature actually healing itself during lockdown i think this is the right time to actually do something about it uh, if you have heard about david attenborough he is the narrator of uh, netflix our planet it's an exceptional show on our wildlife to try it so what he said is what we do in the next 20 years will determine the existence of all species in this planet and actually it's really late to do something about it the climate change and uh, environment devastation was something that took years into making and you can't change it overnight you will have to invest a good number of years to at least take it back to a certain level of but we cannot expect to have our old earth back that's for sure damage has been done what we can do is we can really be careful of our own actions try to be as sustainable as possible try to find alternatives so if you are traveling outside try to take your own uh, cutleries so you can avoid the single use ones carry your own uh, coffee mugs carry your own water bottles this is the least we can do and we are actually uh, saving uh, the environment from having a lot of waste and i would like to you know uh, finally say that you know would i would like you to share with our viewers that what kind of volunteering work you do what kind of organizations that are affiliated with what kind of people are you working with towards you know reducing this issue of pollution and also you know saving our biodiversity and our environment so i started my journey by being a part of rotary international Uh, my projects were focused on uh, social concerns mostly but then i found myself in a position that i could see a lot of uh, organizations and individuals already working on it so i wanted to do something uh, unique and then i came across this beach cleanup movement which was happening at warsawa which started in 2015 but still a lot of mumbaikers were unaware about it that's when i decided to finally show up in one of those cleanups what i saw has really changed my world and my perceptions about the environment the beach in april 2018 was covered with uh, multiple feet of plastic it was like 3 or 4 4 feet of plastic on our beach this is unprecedented you know 10 years ago when i used to go to a beach as a kid it was different and now after all these years when i had a look i was quite shocked so that day onwards i really decided to do something about it and since then i have been connected to advocate afrosha the one who has uh, initiated the beach cleanup movement and after seeing the uh, extent to which we are dedicated uh, as far as beach cleanups are considered united nation launched clean seas campaigns all over the world so actually we should be proud that it started from india we inspired united nations to have this take place all over the world now we started with warsawa beach cleanups and as uh, we saw positive results we tried to spread our wings to other projects that's when we started with danapani beach cleanup which is a beach in malad one of the five beaches in malad and uh, also started uh, rejuvenating river miti now the facts about river miti is uh, it's it it 
is in a conflict zone with 60% of mumbai's population which is mostly slum areas and it also passes through uh, the national park so it's a very important uh, element of mumbai which was uh, neglected all these years and which was once a river we now term it as a nala whatever you see we call a nala is a part of river miti it was a river few years back but due to humans action it, it's now uh, nala as we call it a sewer what we did we started uh, cleaning it from its source which is uh, at pawai ra colony that's when we started uh, cleaning it and it's it's a different process than the beach cleanups we can't actually step in the sewers and start cleaning it it's uh, it, it we do take a help of some few machines and that's how it takes place but it's an 18 km long river and uh, we managed to clean 1.5 km out of it obviously because of lockdown our projects are at a pause but we are hoping to resume it soon also another project started in 2019 is national park uh, cleanup now there must be questions of why we do need to clean national park what what's uh, so naughty about it the fact is national park being home for countless number of animals is also a home for uh, tribal people or adivasis there are 43 villages and i know abhishek you are quite aware about it but to the ones who are watching there are 43 villages uh, in national park and uh, with a population of uh, around 10000 people i guess in total or maybe more and just like as even they have uh, their necessities of uh, plastic packaging products they 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 buy it and of course due to the affordability they have to go for the smaller package ones but like the cities they don't have a waste management system bmc gaadis don't go there to collect waste every morning and all those waste ends up in some of the other parts of the forest what we have done is we we went to them we expressed what problems it it can cause which will go back and affect them so what they do is now they segregate their waste the kitchen waste is the organic waste is uh, converted into compost which they are using for farming purposes and the non uh, recyclable or the plastic ones we are we were collecting it uh, on weekly basis and that that goes for uh, for the recycling okay so thank you yash for joining me and uh, thank you for your volunteering work and all the contribution that you are showing towards protecting our environment and i hope that everyone of us has has a wake up call after watching this and you know starts to get more aware starts to contribute more and if you want details regarding anything if you want to join yash and his volunteering program in which he is there i will uh, attach yash's email and his social media handle so that you can contact him if you want to know more about these organizations and these movements and if you want to help and thank you for joining for the episode 4 and we'll see you next time thank you yash thank you so much for uh, considering me to be a part of your episode and let this be a polite invitation to everyone to be a part of this moment or at least try to be eco neutral okay thank you goodbye guys